Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. talking about the top 30 stealth games of all time <laughs> but first before we do that we have a little tradition on the show where we talk about what we're playing right now so holly what games are you into at the moment uh right now i'm playing the expansion for ghost of shima it's icky island and i am loving it i love the extra little stuff with the six axis controller of getting to like go to animal sanctuaries and play the flute for them to calm them and to they'll come up and I'll stroke them. I've got like a million pictures from like photo mode now of my character of Jin just basically stroking cats. Uh, it's a lot harder. It's really made me adapt my like gaming style. So I've, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, awesome. It's funny because Ghost of Tsushima is one of our regular hosts, Stacey's, like, favorite games of, like, the recent last couple of years. He was like, it's very atmospheric. And even the things that are in standard games that you kind of take for granted, like location, like tracking where you're supposed to get to next, is done so beautifully in the game. He said it's with some sort of wind mechanic. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, you just follow the wind. It's wonderful. See, I they think, do have, I like, think that's quite cool, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that you follow the wind and everything blows through it and like his cape will like ruffle through. So you can really see all like the pollen or cherry blossoms flowing through it. And like accessibility features are really good as well because you can help kind of change the color of it. But I think it needs to be tweaked just a little. It's funny that you mentioned accessibility features. Uh, one of my last guest hosts, Tom, was talking about it like it would be really interesting to know how games have changed in terms of like being accessible for people who are colorblind or um, need different types of controllers. I know the Xbox like recently made a controller and I was like, I know just the person. So I might, I might have to have you back on for that topic. Um, so for me, I've been playing mostly board game arena. The Xbox is collecting dust at the moment, not for any particular reason. I've just been kind of busy at work and board game arena is so easy to just jump into and out of. And I've been playing Lost Cities. Have you played that one yet? No, I've looked at it. It looks pretty cool. It's so good. It's two players only. So starting a game is really quick and it's a sequential card placement game. So it's like part push your luck 
and part strategy. And there are five different cities that you can explore. If you open up all the five cities, you'll end up with like super minus points. So you need to be selective about where you think the cards you're going to get versus the cards they're going to use are. So very early in the game where you start to place your initial things kind of helps guide further rounds. There are three rounds in total. And um, I I have to say, like, I am winning it more than I'm losing it. So I think maybe it's just the sort of game that I inherently understand. But I know some people probably could count and actually have a good idea of what no, like amount of points they're going to get. I, I don't. I'm just like, this feels right. You know, like, <laughs> but I've, I played it a lot. And actually, while I was at the gym today, I was playing it on the treadmill. And I didn't even realize that I had walked for 30 minutes and while I was playing. And I was like, this is great. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty fun. I recommend it if you have any interest in it at all. Yeah, I'll check it out. Well, that brings us to the reason why you're really here, which is our main topic. The 30 best stealth games of all time, according to videogamer.com. I think that's important. This isn't our list. This is their list. And it's based on their review scores for these titles. And they would have done the reviews at the time. So I think maybe it's important to remember that, you know, they were looking at this game when it came out, maybe not through today's lens. However, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at through today's lens and we'll see, you know, do we think it's missing classics? Do we think they've got it right? We're going to start with 30 work our way down to one. If we run out of time, we'll chop this into two episodes. How does that sound? Oh, good. All right, cool. You ready to kick off with number 30? Yeah, what we got. Okay, so number 30, we have Alkeen's Gun for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Now, I've never even seen this game before. I've not heard of it. Yeah, I haven't heard of it at all. And it's, it's, I would say, is current gen the right word? Because technically we're on PS5. So I'd say prior gen, but like no one can get a PS5. So do do what that what you will. Um, but Alkane's Gun is a third-person stealth video game set in the Cold War from Maximum Games. So it actually sounds like a bit up your street. <laughs> yeah, actually, it really does. I'll, like, I'll say check it out. I, I do love that kind of history mixed in with video games so like uh, the, i think it's the great. reviews online in general the users seem to like it like the user scores are pretty good but the metacritic scores and imdb are only 3.3 out of 10 and 36 percent that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game that could have gotten bombed for whatever reason i would believe that right now it's getting review bombed because of the russian conflict in ukraine because when we when me and guest host tom did the um top arcade classic arcade games of all time tetris wasn't in the top 30. and that's just impossible to believe so um i think some of the games dealing with the cold war russia or anything like that are getting review bombs, so I think we should take that into consideration. But it does seem interesting. And number 30 isn't that high of a place, so maybe it's worth mm -hmm. checking out. Moving on to 29, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Now, I didn't play this because it was on GameCube, Nintendo 3DS, DS, the PC, the PS2, and the original Xbox. So this is a little old for me. I wasn't spending any of my time on the original Xbox doing anything other than playing Halo and KOTOR. So how, did you play this game at all? 
Yeah, I did on PS2. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. I honestly felt in comparison to Metal Gear, it lacked, but there was still a lot of fun gameplay elements in there and interesting ways to go about not necessarily killing or running and gunning, but properly using stealth. Okay. Um, so then the next one is Cold War. Now, I think they mean Call of Duty Cold War because, I mean, I'm not sure. Is that a stealth game? I don't think it is. No. Have no, you ever it's... heard of this title? No, not if it wasn't Call, Call of Duty. And that's like first-person shooter. Anything but stealth, really, isn't it? So I've, I've, just, I've just quickly looked at the review from this page. Apparently it's a 2005 stealth game from a Czech developer called Mindware Studios. And it's similar to Splinter Cell because it's stealth action. 92% of users on Google liked it. It, it probably is decent. <laughs> um, but I've never played it. I've never even seen the box art, which is like, quite a serious dude in a combat vest tied to a chair with his head down. I've never seen that box art, so I don't know what's going on. But once again, Cold War could be up your street, you know? Um, number 27, Hitman HD. Now, there are a lot of Hitmans on this list, and I know you said, Hitman, not really your thing. I have played some Hitman. Don't remember exactly which one. It was on the Xbox One, so... Uh, it couldn't have been Hitman HD Trilogy because that's a PS3, Xbox 360 title. Um, but I'll just say, whenever we get to them, just in general, Hitman, I think, is a great franchise. It's very creative. The story changes based on what you do. And there are funny ways in order to assassinate people. However, you don't have to play it like a stealth game. Like You can just run and gun if that's what you really want. It is less effective to do that. Um, but I think some of the games have gotten too campy and I'm just putting it out there that like it's less serious and it's more goofy. I think there's even one with a chicken suit. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit weird. So I do like Hitman. I don't think I've ever completed one. Uh, the last one that I played, he was in some, I think like Chinatown or Chinese market and was getting shot from like multiple directions. I just kept dying and I just was like, mm, that's me done. Um, there, it had created an autosave after I failed the stealth, so I could never get back to without like backtracking three hours of gameplay, and I just I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> um, number twenty six, Thief for the for the PC, PlayStation three, PlayStation four, Xbox three sixty, and Xbox one. Now I have played this. Have you played it? It was so long ago, PS three era. I don't really remember that much about it. You're not the only one. It wasn't that memorable. I'm actually surprised it's that high. It was one of the pseudo launch titles. It was very early in the PS in the Xbox 360, if I remember correctly. Like this was one of the first few games that were out, and it, it it's only on the Xbox One because Xbox One is back backwards compatible. Um, it I remember it being fine. I don't remember anything about the story, the controls. I think we're good. I don't think I finished it, though. I don't think the story was interesting enough to compel me. But I have played it. I just don't. Is it really number 26? I think there might be better games. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, which brings us to 25 Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow for, I can tell you I didn't play this, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, PC, PlayStation 2, Xbox. I wasn't playing Pl- Splinter Cell on the original Xbox. Have you played it? Not that one, no. No. Uh, 24. Now, I think this sounds really fun. And I I like the sort of cheeky, almost cheeky joke. Number 24 is Serial Cleaner for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Now, have you played this? I've not, but I've seen stuff on it, and it looks really good. Like, the artwork is really adorable. I'm just going to hold it up to the camera so people who are on visual media can see it. It's like a very unique art style. Um, it's a 16 plus game. It's story driven and it takes place in the 1970s in America. Like I'm just so about generally that theme. I think it would be really fun. The guy has a porn stash. Come on, you know, (laughs) I think it's great. Um, it says you're a professional cleaner. Your job is to clean up murder scenes, get rid of bodies, get rid of bloodstains and hide incriminating evidence. So it's kind of a different stealth game. It's not your stealthing away from enemies it's like removing all trace of murders that's just so unusual to me so i think that's really a standout i i think for the originality maybe it even should be higher it's just an original stealth idea i don't think we're gonna get anything like that further up the list yeah i agree um 23 i don't did you own a psp Yep. <laughs> okay, so there's you're the only one who could have played this one. It's Shinobito Tales of the Ninja for the PSP. Oh my. I couldn't say. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Shinobito. Let's let's have a quick look here. I remember Shinobi. Shinobi. So Shinobito Tales of the Ninja. It is a PSP game. Has uh, five out of five stars on eBay and 96% of people on Google liked it. It is a stealth game published by Acquire for the PSP. It's a sequel to Shinobito Way of the Ninja. Um, And it's a standard sort of stealth evade enemies situation. I mean, it is a Japanese game. And I know that's a a particularly um, high interest of yours. The artwork is pretty nice looking. I know it's hard to see our producer will actually generally put the artwork in it won't be me holding it up um but just for yourself it it looks good but the psp was such a bad um system not many people really had it um my very first high school serious boyfriend had one so we might get to a game that he played at some point um okay so that one was 23 22 Tenchu Shadow Assassins for the PSP and the Wii. I've not played this one, but I'm really surprised that the original Tenchu Stealth Assassins that came out in 1998 for the PlayStation isn't on this list because it was one of the kind of original 3D stealth formats where you weren't you couldn't complete it if you were trying to just run in and attack. You had to be smart. You had to be tactical. You had to be really clever with what you chose. Because um, you can only bring limited supplies with you because you're a ninja. You don't have, like, 
you know like how in the rpgs you've just got a sack that just gets yeah but it's not like that it's you've got so little choose carefully what you want to do do you want to use poison rice cakes and chuck them down and see if a hungry guard will numb on them you want to try and use some ninja throwing blades you know it's uh smart and tactical i loved it yeah so the, that is quite weird that the original isn't on this list now i'll say I bet it's not on this list because this list is based on the review scores that this website has done. And since it came out such a long time ago, I bet this website didn't even exist. So yeah. that's why I would guess that it's not on there. In fact, that's why I think some of the older stealth games in general don't feature on this list. Like if, if you see here, I don't see anything that didn't come out sort of GameCube era or later. So mm. I think that's probably where this list is restricted to just because I think that's when this website came out. However, when people are Googling it, this is one of the first results. So people are going to think these are the best games out there. So <laughs> they should know there's an original Tenchu that they should try. All right, uh, number 21, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Double Agent for the Game Boy Advance, GameCube, PC, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Wii, Xbox, Xbox 360. I have played this one. I don't remember it, but Splinter Cells are sort of all the same. I do enjoy them, but I'm not really paying attention to the story. I'm just trying to sneak around. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played this one? Not that one, no, no. But I, I kind of, the few that I have played, I couldn't tell you really if I did or not because I've got the same experience of it all kind of merging into one. Yeah, um, just like the Hitman, I, I think the Splinter Cells sort of, in my mind, merge into one because I didn't find them particularly memorable. You know what, ironically, uh, and we'll talk about it later, what we think should be on this list, but there are some games that are not primarily action games that I think function better as action games than some of the things on this list. So I will give mm -hmm. us a chance to add some things later on. So number 20 is Sticks. Master of Shadows for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Now, this this artwork looks cool. It's a fantasy environment. It's a stealth environment. There are orcs and men. Um, like, it's quite a cool fantasy stealth game. Have you played this one? No. It, it's pretty good. It's got uh, three and a half stars out of five on True Achievements, and 93% of the people on Google like it. It's um, of orcs and men from 2012. It's based off of that world with sort of standard stealth mechanics. You know, like, I think we kind of all know what these modern games expect from you. I think the only different one on this list so far has been Serial Cleaner. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good looking game. I haven't personally played it, but I have seen the box art before. And um, I remember quite a lot of hype around it. So... It's probably a decent one to check out if, if you're interested. It's on a fair number of consoles. Um, yeah, it's literally on my PS4 list. It's just sat there waiting for me to play. <laughs> Some of the ones higher up I have downloaded on my Xbox One. I just haven't turned them on yet. <laughs> so number 19 <laughs> is Spider for iOS. Now, I ain't got an iPhone, so there ain't no chance of playing this. Have you played it? It's a mobile game, Spider spider for ios no. let's have a look and see what's going on so spider for ios is oh it's the sweetest looking 
little robotic spider arcade dude. He's super precious. Um, that's pretty adorable. It's a 2020 game, so it only just came out. Um, it's for the Apple Arcade. Uh, and you are taking place in a spy-on-the-wall adventure. Agent 8 is a tiny super spy that can climb anywhere. It's kind of precious. <laughs> if I had an iPhone, I would probably download it. Um, number 18 is Hitman 3. We're going to skip past it. This one's for the Nintendo Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, and the new Xbox Series X and S. Um, yeah, it's it's a Hitman game. I don't... They all blur together for me. They're good. They're fine. You know, maybe a bit cheesy. 17, Dishonored, the definitive edition for the PS4 and Xbox One. I have this downloaded. I haven't even turned it on. Have you played it? I played the original Dishonored. I think it is higher up, perhaps, the original one. Although the definitive edition should have... um, Definitive edition just checking to see what it covers. So the definitive, uh, the complete compilation includes Dishonored, winner of over 100 Game of the Year awards, as well as all of its additional content, the Dunwall City Trials, the Knife of Dunwall, the Voidwalker's Arsenal, and the Bridgemore Witches. So this is apparently the original game with all of its DLC. I think that counts as you playing it. I mean, just because you didn't play the the (laughs) re-release... How was it? Yeah. How was the original Dishonored? Pretty great, actually. Uh, a friend just gave it me for my birthday and was like, trust me, you'll like this. And I was like, mm, okay. And yeah, immediately, I really enjoyed it. Um, the world is very dark and grim at the beginning. And I can't remember if it's this one or the second one, where depending on how you play the game, if you kill or no kill or just knock people out that you get different endings and it literally affects the environment around you i i think it's really clever the way they've gone about a lot of it but i think it's a game with a method that you can play as stealth rather than it being specifically stealth right which is similar to some of the ones i'm going to try to add on later i like having those choices and to be fair hitman as well you can play stealth or you can just shoot out. I kind of like having those choices. It's not an instant fail if they see you because sometimes it just doesn't go right. All right, so number 16, let's be honest, this is what you're here to talk about. It's our very first Metal Gear Solid on this list. It's number three, Snake Eater for the PS2. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say it, what a thrill. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it is... A really great game. Um, one of the first to have proper environments that are fully like inter- interactive with the camouflage. You have to be really clever with your camouflage choices for the environment. You've got a meter that'll tell you how much you're covered or not. It doesn't give you any kind of like um, mini map with a ping of where your enemies are. You have to kind of sit still and the game kind of lets you almost feel by like a wibbly kind of line around Snake where there's going to be a enemy or not. I must admit when I first played the game I got lost and turned around in the jungle like eight times (laughs) because it was just so 
confusing to me. Everything looks so similar, but as soon as I got the hang of it, I really enjoy it. Again, it's a, a really interesting Cold War era story with an unnamed patriot, the boss, who's like the master of Snake, who uh, becomes later Big Boss. And kind of like the main thing is that she sacrificed her life and everything because she felt that the Cold War wasn't a war worth fighting and that she just wanted unity because during the Second World War, she was there with her friends on both sides, be it Russian or American, and she wanted peace. And it, there's a lot in the Metal Gear saga about how the will of the boss has been misinterpreted throughout numerous different people through numerous different games so it's really really um influential and has huge ripples for the rest of the saga the storyline you've got your usual kojima crazy bad guys you know involving with like shooting lightning out of him and huge great big like metal gear kind of prototypes it's it's really enjoyable you've got your silly spider a lot of james bond kind of setup as well like lying down in front of a, a roaring fire on a on like a tiger rug type thing with a, a big bosomed blonde lady spy so yeah you've got so much in it uh, it's, and again it taught me so much history like i learned so much about the cold war from playing this game uh, it's amazing how much history, like genuine history, that Kojima games have taught me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have several more opportunities to talk about Metal Gear Solid and Hideo Kojima, as I'm sure you could imagine they feature very heavily on this list. Um, shall we scoot to number 15 then? Okay. Sure. So number 15, and I'm going to hit these in rapid succession. We've got Hitman Blood Money. For the PC, PlayStation 2, Xbox, Xbox 360. Then 14's Hitman 2 for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And then 13 is Hitman Episode 4, Bangkok, for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. If we've played it, they've all blended together. It's They're all fine games. We're moving on. Number 12, The Saboteur for PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. Ring any bells for you? Yeah, I played a little bit. Um, I enjoyed the stealth action in it, but felt that the controls sometimes were a bit stiff. Like, I would have liked it a lot easier, but at the same time, accessibility wasn't as much of a priority for game development back then. Yeah, in the 360 era, I think it was it was less of a concern. I have to say, though, I am surprised to see the saboteur higher than metal gear solid three that like that is quite a weird choice i would say that metal gear solid three is much more genre defining than that but number 11 is once again another metal gear solid title this is the hd collection for the ps3 the ps vita the xbox 360 i'm assuming you have this <laughs> oh yeah yeah because that was the the wonderful port of uh two uh three and Peace Walker, yeah. all included in it. So you've got some fantastic games there. Uh, again, like Portable Ops, Peace Walker. I think Portable Ops is later on, a bit higher up than this, which is, again, I'm a bit confused about, but oh well. Um, but Peace Walker, hard. 
really good originally on the PSP, so it really made sense to port it and include it with the HD collection, because that way loads more people played it and loved it. And that's why you're following like the saga of Big Boss on okay. after the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. And then obviously if you went in like time order, you'd have Metal Gear Solid 3 and Portable Ops, Peace, Work Peace Walker, then Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh, actually, I left five out. Phantom Pain. Phantom Pain would be before that. Now, it's all just me like <laughs> peeking ahead in this list, the only games you're not going to be able to talk about later on that are included in this collection but aren't featured later is Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker and Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Out of those two, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2 is only included in this HD collection um, on this list. That is mind-boggling to me because so many people say it's like an absolute all-time favorite of theirs. So that is, again, maybe it's just because it's a bit too old. Like, I'm really surprised Metal Gear Solid itself isn't on this list apart from in the HD collection because it was genre-defining. Like, Kojima created a game where, like, originally you don't have to kill it's a choice and Metal Gear Solid I mean it's so absolutely defining you can tell it is completely influenced by the you know the cinema the American cinema like Escape from New York you like yeah. call me Pliskin yeah just a little absolutely geek out of that I love it um you can really really tell well that's like Metal Gear Solid 2 call me Pliskin how the influences have kind of all culminated and like you start you, you're solid snake you are the best you've retired you've been called back go and do one more last mission save the world one from more the terrorists. <laughs> yes one more so save the world from the terrorists they've got a nuclear equipped walking battle tank metal gear uh metal gear rex and you've got to go and infiltrate shadow moses island and you come up against a whole array of foxhound snakes former unit that now are all turned against him and they have all unique funny little quirks and gifts so there's different ways to go and fight each one i mean there's a great big huge like um native american dude with vulcan raven great big raven tattoo across his forehead who somehow and like snake actually comments on this how did a big guy like you fit in that tank and so you've got to come across a tank in a mined field and you've got to attack it using grenades oh man uh, so it's like the little guy versus everything and you meet Merrill who is Roy Campbell the guy who's pulled you out of retirement you know the guy you really respect that's his niece and she's there so you got to help rescue her too but really she don't need saving she's there she first thing you do is like she beats you up and 
breaks out of prison, steals the clothes of a, a guard and then legs it. And of course, you've got that awful kind of Kojima thing of go around and stare at different guards' bums to go and see if you can find the one that wiggles. And that's Meryl. <laughs> so it, it's just that's insane. You were like, that's Kojima, honestly. Just that's insane. That is Kojima. I just, um, Metal Gear Solid, I think, again, taught me about nuclear proliferation and about like all the, even the stuff like Start One and Start Two, the legislation around it. If you watch the cutscenes that can be quite long and in depth, then you learn a lot. But some people just skip the long cutscenes. But for me, I kind of love the way that Metal Gear games are traditionally a movie that you play as the protagonist. And sometimes you're really in-depth playing and then sometimes you're just sitting back and you're watching a little movie to fill in the gaps in between. And, you know, the little dance of exposition. And it's wonderful. I truly enjoy it, particularly as a, like a, a spoonie who needs a bit of a break sometimes. Right. So it's perfect to just be able to rest my arms a bit and watch a 15-minute cutscene. Excellent. Well, you're not going to be happy when you realize that this is only number 11 and that number 10 is the, and I have to be honest, I remember when Splinter Cell Blacklist came out and it only sold 2 million copies. It was a flop. To see that it is beaten a Metal Gear Solid collection is super weird. Now, it is a popular game. Everybody likes Splinter Cell. I get that. But it sold terribly. So I feel like that should be way lower on the list. Way lower. Maybe swap that one with Metal Gear Solid 3 and put put the other one higher. Did you play Blacklist? Nope. I mean, probably not. Nobody bought it. So <laughs> no one bought it. <laughs> um, the next one. So we're we're solidly into the top tens now. So we're we're hitting the home stretch. Number nine is a game called Volume for the PC and the PS4 and the PS Vita. It's our first PS Vita game. Um, have you played Volume? No, I I didn't buy a Vita. Um, like you said after. The PSP, I just kind of felt I didn't want or need it, you know. So Volume is apparently an indie stealth game. Um, and it's, I would describe this art style as somewhat cubist, if that's <laughs> possible. Um, it's a sort of top down, I don't know how well you can see the screenshot. It's sort of a top down situation where you can see through walls the enemies and you are not very finely detailed. They have gaze patterns and things like that. Um, you can build and make your own levels. That's pretty unusual. Um, but graphics wise, this is not a AAA title. Perhaps it's so high on the list because it has that sort of Minecraft creation element, which none of these other games really do. But I do think it's kind of a strange pick for, I mean, it, it is on PS4, but it's it's a $20 game, you know, like this isn't a big title. To be very high up on the list, mm, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with indie games being very popular, but I don't see why this one would be so popular. I've never even heard of it. 
Yeah, I've not either. It may just be that the videogamer.com reviewers just really love that style of game, you know, and they were very generous with their review. Um, number eight, another Hitman, episode one, the showstopper for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Hitman games are fine. Get them if you want. Number seven, Splinter Cell Conviction for the PC, Xbox 360. I think this is the one I owned now that I'm thinking of it because I haven't played a Splinter Cell game since I had a Xbox 360. Um... I have no distinct memories about it other than being on a pipe for a really long time because I couldn't get the guard pattern down. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's the only thing that I can remember. <laughs> and it could be a different Splinter Cell, but I, I think it's this one because it's a 360 one. Um, and I know I didn't buy Blacklist. So uh, number six, Hitman, episode two, Sapienza. For place, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Hitman games are fine. Buy them if you want to. Um, moving on. Now, number five, weird pick for me. I, I Metal Gear Solid games are great, but Portable Ops for the PSP is your number five pick. How many people played that? You know, like I get it's probably a great game, but it's 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 in the HD collection. I would for sure have switched these two. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It's enjoyable and it was good. Uh, I think there was like a lot of card drafting involved. Or was that Metal Gear Acid? So yeah, the fact that I'm getting it confused. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a quick look for you. But um, do you think that the reason why it's so high, because at the time this review was made, was this the best game for the PSP? Because that's the only way that I can rationalize it. Yeah, probably. Because if this was the best game, then maybe that's why they were so generous with their review, because they were just so excited to have something good to play on the PSP. I'm so savage. Um, so let's have a look just quickly, see if we can figure out what the game elements actually included. G gameplay, okay. So... Uh, utilize the camera system from the subsistence edition of the game uh, Snake Eater. The main addition to MPO is the Comrade system. Instead of the solo missions of previous GS games, the MPO goes for a squad-based approach with Snake having to recruit allies and form a team of trained specialists. Is that what you mean with the card thing? Um, not exactly, but yeah, it's similar. The recruitment actually was a lot of fun finding them and recruiting them and everything. Yeah. So I can see why it was like really enjoyable, particularly for a PSP game, because it, it was uh, it was very different to the format of any other Metal Gear game at the time. But yeah, yeah, it was really enjoyable. But I I don't get why it's this high up. It's, it's got to be that they were just so excited to have a good game for the PSP, <laughs> and then they never adjusted the rating down to suit anything else. Um. Okay, number four. Uh, Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Now, this is an expansion for Dishonored 2, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I played the um, main game, but not the expansion. I did hear good things, though. All right, let's have a look at Death of the Outsider um, and see, you know, what they're saying. So, it's, it's 8 out of 10 pretty much everywhere. 92% of... Um, Google users like this game. Um, 
let's just uh, have a look at the plot and gameplay. Uh, it's similar to Dishonored 2, you sneak up, stabby stabby, no problem. Um, this plot is takes place after the events of the main game where uh, Emily Caldwin is reinstated as Empress and begins to salvage the Empire broken by Delilah's rule. And the main game is about infiltrating the Royal Conservatory, um, doing missions inside the void. I don't want to spoil too much, but um, does that any of that ring any bells or is this not one that you played? Uh, I played the this on the two, but not not the expansion. Okay. Well, if but you I, if you yeah. like Dishonored 2, sounds like it's probably worth getting Death of the Outsider. Uh, it is number four on this list. Uh, and we'll have a chance to talk about Dishonored 2, so we'll come back to that. Um, number three, Metal Gear Solid 4 for the PS3. What do you think? I love this one. It's sometimes a bit controversial because, again, there's a lot of cutscenes. I think it's probably, I think someone said it was like the longest opening cutscene at the beginning and it's really interesting because when you first boot the game up and start it you have this weird like what kojima thought the tv would be like in the future and you go you can flick through the channels and see different shows and like actually watch like weird different little bits of tv shows and then there's always an advert for a pmc you know i think my favorite was praying mantis wakey wakey because that was the british pmc so of course it had to have a voice like this <laughs> yeah and you get in the game and you're like old snake and it's this wonderful like monologue of how he says war war has changed you know it's no longer about ideologies or ethnicities it's all proxy wars and the use of PMCs and proxy wars is actually a really topical thing. And I think that a lot of the time Metal Gear Solid games, um, well, Metal Gear Saga games, starting with Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2 predicted like how the internet was just going to be filled full of useless information. <laughs> and, like, Metal You're Gear not Solid, wrong there. Yeah, uh, like Metal Gear Solid predicted things like uh, there would be a virus that can be targeted directly to a, someone's genome uh, called Fox Die in the game. Oh. And But that's like, that's real. They've happened. I mean, things like Big Dog and now Spot, all the stuff Boston Dynamics have been doing. I think Kojima and his team have been really prescient and kind of understood the trends of the future and have integrated them into these games and far far before they actually these things became reality or became a workable reality i, I think it's, it's quite amazing in that regard but getting back to metal gear solid 3 um you play as old snake this is four so this four yeah, Metal Gear Solid 4, yeah. So Metal Gear Solid 4, you play as Old Snake. So Solid Snake has aged, but way more than he should. And apparently it's because he's a clone and they built him to not be able to reproduce and to only live so long because like he's a, he's a clone of Big Boss. And 
he's old and he's grumpy and he's chain smoking cigarettes he is the snake that we love but with a lot more grump uh, it's really really good you've got so many more different um enemies like now there are little uh they call them like irvine things they get nicknamed as like cows in the game because they make this kind of like in noise and you hear this in the distance and you're like oh shit because they're little um basically like little metal gears that are killing machines and it's like the first chapter is set somewhere they just say in the middle east in a middle eastern war zone and I find it really interesting because you meet Drebin, who is a gun launderer. Because in the world of Metal Gear Solid, the Patriots have now become, or Lalilililo, have become AI. Mm. And part of their control is now they control everything on the battlefield. All of the soldiers have got nano machines which control like their stress their their like conception of trauma uh, their um fear and there's a really clever like emotional part of it as well like you can get different ammo that you can shoot them with to like make them laugh loads or make them get really angry or scared uh, really i think a lot of people miss that about it but the the stuff with Drebin because he's a money laund he he's a gun launderer and he goes and unlocks all of the weapons for you for a price right and each region has like a different war price depending on what's happening so you could try and buy uh, a gun in one thing and it will be kind of cheap and then by the next chapter it's more expensive because the gun price uh, the war price for the area has gone up and it really kind of hits home how the west are reliant upon the war economy that's not wrong uh, honestly <laughs> that's not wrong radicalized me i have to admit metal gear games completely radicalized me and <laughs> I was wondering it's what really... happened to you. <laughs> Metal Gear. Now, so that's Metal Gear 4. Now, number two on this list is Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, for PC, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Is 5 better than 4? A lot of people would say no, but yes. Oh, okay. Depends... Controversial yet what? brave opinion. Let's hear it. Well, I love 4, but 4 is, it was supposed to be the end. So there's lots of different um, storylines that got brought back and tied up in 4. Whereas 5 is more um, kind of like sandbox. You've got missions. You can get in your helicopter and fly to an area and do a mission. Or you can just wander around uh, in I think, Afghanistan. Yeah. And go and collect things i like to call them like smacking it back to mother base because he just kind of goes along and like smacks a herb or smacks a box oh there's a diamond smack it back to mother base so it's like that's so the best that's also, the best mechanic i've ever heard of 
Yeah, smack it back to Motherbase, man. Uh, like the Fulton delivery stuff is brilliant. Like um, you can kind of see all of the guards that looking after a small outpost, for example, and be like, oh, that guy has got an A plus. Hmm, I want him. I want him on mother base. <laughs> so you, you go up, try and kill or knock out, depending on how your gameplay style is. But always remember, Kojima gives you the option to not kill at all in these games. Right. And you can go up and stick a Fulton on him and then set it off. And it'll just go, and a great big like balloon will basically blow up and swoop him back to mother base and you can hear him go like ah or some of them like laugh whilst they're whilst they're being like flung off didn't someone like couldn't you do that to cows i swear i've seen that somewhere yeah i i happily went and took on a bear with just myself and a stun uh like soaking pistol type thing and like, I, I had, like, my boyfriend at the time going, you're not going to take him down like that. What are you playing that? And I'm like, just watch me. <laughs> and it's like, shoot, 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 shoot. And then, yes, he's knocked out Fulton the Bear. Because, like, there's, like, a weird little thing. Is, um, you build up Mother Base and you get resources and you can build Mother Base up bigger. You get staff and there's the conservation yeah. kind of area as well that's where you know getting oh i loved fulton sheep i have far too many sheep just because of the enjoyment of Listen, just getting the name mother is, is triggering my capitalist senses too much it sounds way too much like motherland i'm gonna start singing the russian national anthem here right but i do like the concept i think i think um like building a base creating resources and patting yourself other way is actually really fun like when it happened in the fallout games i really enjoyed that so five is better than four i think it depends what you want in gameplay if you kind of just want to run around and have fun as well as have challenging gameplay because one of the brilliant things about five that a lot of people seem to overlook is that it's not necessarily about difficulty levels, but the game keeps adapting to how you play. For example, um, you know, me loving the stealth approach, I'd usually go and try and hit bases at night. So I'd hit a few bases at night, then next time they'll have flashlights. Uh, I keep doing it, then next time they'll have great big floodlights if I keep doing it, then they'll have night vision goggles. If I want to go close quarters, they'll start having shotguns. If I want to go long, you know, long distance, then they'll start having, you know, like sniper rifles. The oh, game wow. adapts to you and it forces you to adapt your gameplay, always keeping pushing you and pushing you out of your comfort zone. So I found that really, really interesting. And of course, like through the mother base bit, you can always go and try and intercept. Uh, oh, they're going to get a shipment of night vision goggles. Send a team after it. Yeah. Steal them. So then next time you, they don't have the night vision goggles that they wanted. And there's like the online play as well with like getting your forward operating bases and attacking each other, stealing resources, stealing staff. A lot of people found that so much fun. Uh, I really think that the more modern video gaming stealth 
gaming like if you'd grown up and that was what you knew then you would love it and you'd probably not like Metal Gear 4 as much but I've been there for the long haul so uh, I kind of love both for different reasons well, I think it's fair for, like, very complete game experiences like that to be near the top of the list. Now I'm going to ask you, obviously, you you looked at this list. You know what number one is. Is <laughs> Dishonored 2 the best stealth game of all time? I mean, from my personal opinion, no, but I think it is brilliant. Uh, I think it's kind of built on a lot of the gameplay and style that like Bioshock Infinite kind of brought into the field with um with everything like how there's so many different ways to go about doing the you know doing your objective it says this is your objective find a way to go there and the environments are brilliant because you can you want to go up high go up high you want to go down low go down low you want to crawl through some vents turn into a fish swim through some things you know turn into a rat scuttle by it just it's so imaginative and intelligent and i think that's why it's so high up uh, i wouldn't say it's number one stealth game but it is a fantastic game there is so many different ways that you can link things together to go and create an absolutely enjoyable playing experience and again the um, environment adapts to how you play if you go and kill loads that it's going to get darker it's going to get grimmer there's going to be more flies around the place it's gonna look nasty and the ending again changes depending on if you've gone no kill or few kill to lots of killing so i found that really interesting i like games that challenge me like that and it's so imaginative yeah i really do need to play it it has been on the list for a long time um and and i know everyone's been sort of raving about it now this list is pretty good there's a lot of hard hitters on here I have some things that I would add so I'll briefly tell you and then you tell me if there's anything you would add to this list so the first one is Deus Ex excellent stealth mechanic really good game and the the gameplay is completely different depending on how you play so I, I just I, I know it's not traditionally a stealth game, but you play the whole game in stealth and it's great when you do. I did. It was excellent. Um, and actually playing from stealth is the easiest way to beat the main boss fight. <laughs> he, he was yeah. he took no time at all. Um, the next one, Alien Isolation. Horror game. You must stealth. If you don't stealth, you die immediately. I mean, and what a creative way to use stealth. Like, this is like bone-chilling, super scary stealth. I love it. I'm obsessed. And then lastly, I would add The Last of Us 2. I don't have a PlayStation, but I watched this being played, and it is 99% stealth. Like, if you don't do that, you quickly get overwhelmed. And like you were saying, the environments and the bad guys and everything, they learn and change and they grow with you. And I think that's a hallmark of, like, excellent modern games so th those three i would for sure put on the list 
probably like in the top 15 for sure, because they're all, I think, excellent examples of stealth being used in more mainstream titles. What about you? What would you include on this list that wasn't there? Oh, definitely Last of Us 2. Like, without fail, you have to be strategic and smart. And running and gunning it is not wise. I don't know how far you would get doing that. Like, for me, it was all stealth all the time. I'd spent, like, five minutes just crouched behind something going, well, that guy's going over there and that guy's there. So if I do that and that and that, then I should be able to get past without being spotted. Like, it's genius. Uh, Absolutely. And, oh, my goodness, the gameplay. It got so much hate as well at the time because of, like, the character switch. But I loved it. I loved the way that you could see the story from two different perspectives yeah so not just from like um ellie i think it is i can't remember now yeah ellie yeah so it's not just with ellie's perception and perspective it's like her opponent as well Uh, so uh yeah the the character switch is just honestly it's a fantastic game uh, again, I don't know when this list was compiled, but why is Ghost of Tsushima not on there? Like, come on. There's so many mechanics in this game where like, you can play pure stealth. You don't have to just run up to someone and go, Kazatakoi! You know, you, you just... <laughs> you can! Like, you, you've got... I spend most of my time perched up high on something and throwing poison stuff down on, on him to kill him, blow darting him, watching one guy go crazy and kill his comrades. And Honestly, like, why is this not on this list? Because it is fantastic. And there is so much that I would encourage anyone to do using a stealth perspective. Uh, like, I've been playing it. I was a bit naughty. I bought it as a gift for my partner and then immediately started playing it and immediately got much further than him in it. And I play stealth, but he doesn't. And I I find it really interesting how the game is just as much fun and so much interesting from either perspective. Like, fantastic. It, It should be on there, hands down. And then you were mentioning earlier the original version of uh, Tenshu. That should be on there as a sort of genre definer. Yeah, Tenshu Stealth Assassins. It came out around the same kind of time as Metal Gear Solid and was heavily influenced by the original Metal Gear games on like the MSX. But they didn't have the backing, the same amount of money and funding. And I think they did absolutely amazing job and had, even though like at the time, back in 98, the original PlayStation, it was rough pixels, but Metal Gear, like, uh, what's it? Yoji Shinkawa, his art style was placed upon these models and it worked so perfectly with uh, the rough pixel art style that it was rather iconic even though they were doing the best with what they could and with Tenchu Stealth Assassins I can definitely give it a similar kind of praise that the environments and everything 
despite the rough pixels, it was it was done really well. It was done smartly. It was so enjoyable and difficult, very difficult. I think some of the best games are hard. You know, modern games, uh, I've gone on it before on previous episodes, but modern games are way easier just simply because they have a save. That makes it way easier automatically, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Anything else you would add to the list before we wrap up? Again, the original Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, and Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, both of them... For the stealth mechanics, uh, a lot of them absolutely revolutionary. The things that have been developed for it has now become like mainstream within the media. Things like the snow falling on the camera. Like now that happens all the time in video games. You you have sand kicked up and or rain or, or snow, whatever weather going on the camera as if it's hitting your face it, it, if you were there in the environment. But it, it started with, like, the Fox engine, and it started with Metal Gear. I think the fingerprints of the Metal Gear saga can be seen and its influence can be felt in modern gaming despite the game being stealth or not. I think definitely the original Metal Gear. I would say the Metal Gear Solid 2 is in the HD collection at the very least. So at least it's on this list. But it is, mm-hmm. I think it, this list, it does suffer from its own modernity where it's missing some of these older games as standalone titles to really give you an idea of where each individual title ranks because not all Metal Gear Solid games or any other are made the same. So... I think the purpose of a list isn't just to fill it full of collections and be like, play them all. Although that's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, um, thank you so much. That does wrap up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Holly for this week's discussion. I learned a lot because I'm not an expert at stealth games for sure. Um, All the notes from this episode are going to be posted under our site, templeofgeek.com. If you want to add to this discussion, reach out with questions, sound up in the comments, tell us what we got wrong. You can uh, write in the comments below or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. I will pass on any Metal Gear Solid criticism directly to Holly. But if you do like (laughs) what you hear, you head over to wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released and rate us because that really helps our show. But until the next time.